and welcome to the Abiding Together podcast. Abiding Together is a place where you can find connection, rest, and encouragement on your journey with Jesus Christ. My name is Sister Miriam James Heitland, and every week I'm joined by two of my dearest friends, Michelle Bensinger and Heather Kim. This podcast is born out of our friendship of sharing all kinds of things together, our walk with Christ, our insights, our joys, sorrows, tears, and laughter, and you are most welcome on the journey with us. So grab a cup of coffee, settle in, and welcome home. Hello, and welcome to the Abiding Together podcast this week, and welcome to the last, this is hard to believe, the last week of Advent. It is already upon us, and the Savior is coming, and it has been tremendously, tremendously beautiful. And we were just chatting before, because we have another wonderful guest for you. We were just chatting before we started recording of just how beautiful it's been to have four different people on and four equally wonderful people and just have the light of Christ, His heart revealed in each one of them. So our guest this week is no exception, but we're going to make you wait for that. So (laughs) before we do that, so Heather, it's the last week of Advent. Um, How's the journey been for you, dear? Beautiful. You know, right at the beginning of Advent, it was like day two, it was the Monday, the first Monday of Advent, we found out that our house sold. And it was like the biggest gift that God could have given me because we have three birthdays during December Mm. in our family and Christmas and all the festivities. And I was like, Lord, how am I going to keep the house like super spotless with people traipsing through here all during the Christmas or Advent season? And I have two dogs and three children, and what am I What am I going to do? And so it was just like the biggest gift that God gave me for Advent. So we've been able to just settle in and be messy when we want to be messy, um, but just enjoy all the things, the baking and just getting together and tea at night and coziness and, um, and just taking some time to be quiet. Like my mornings are my favorite where it's dark and just the lights of the tree and just spending time with the Lord. Um, in the darkness of the mornings is, oh, it's just something I treasure so much. So I'm loving it. Loving it. How about you, Michelle? I'm with you, Heather. Like, I love the white lights on my tree and the quiet. I'm like, I want to keep them up all winter. Like, I don't want to, you know, like take them all down. And um, yeah, I'm just not ready for the season to end. I just want to you know, but at the beginning, and it still feels I was like it's Advent Lent, and nobody told me <laughs> we switch them this year. What's happening, people? Because the Lord was like breaking my heart wide open oh, with different yeah. things. And but you know, He is beautiful, and He's birthing something. And whenever there's birth, there's birthing pains. So Amen. Amen. that's part of it. You know, mm-hmm. sister, what about you? That's very true. I actually started off this season um, with a silent retreat, which was very, very good. And Ooh. so uh, that was a needed thing for my heart. And I, I love candles. So I had a candle at the entire time, like a nice vanilla candle. So it was just me and the Lord and a candle and long, a lot of long walks and a lot of time in front of the Blessed Sacrament in the chapel. And uh, it was incredibly beautiful. So I'm grateful Ooh. for that. And that really set the tone for the whole Advent season. And I think it's going to set the tone for the whole liturgical year because, you know, it's a new year. So like building on that grace and seeing what the Lord is doing. So it's been profoundly beautiful. So, mm. um, and so speaking of beauty, I am delighted that we have, can I just say, this is one of the only women that's taller than me. I know it's not about me, but like, I love hugging. I'm like, Oh my gosh, you're taller than me. And I absolutely love it. And I tell her that every time I hug her and she's a stunningly beautiful and we're so delighted to have her on the show with us today. So Michelle, would you like to introduce our special guest today? 
I would love to introduce our special guest today. We have Sarah Kazimierk with us today, and she is from Michigan, and she's going to tell you a little bit about herself. But Sarah has become friends with all of us, really, in the last year. And so in August, um, there was the three of us and a couple other ladies in ministry all got together in Iowa and had a couple of days together on this beautiful farm and just talked with one another and prayed with one another. And Sarah is one of those people, like, we had known each other. She actually knew my husband before she knew me and my husband absolutely mm-hmm. adores her. He's like, she thinks that she's the greatest. And um, then she and I got to meet in person and we already felt like we knew each other because we had talked on the phone before. But then she's like, when you meet her, like she just exudes love and exudes mm-hmm. passion and exudes warmth, you know, mm-hmm. and um, another good priest friend of ours, actually Father John Burns did an event with her and he goes, oh, she's a deep soul, that one. Like she's <laughs> a very deep, loving soul, that one. And mm-hmm. so, which explains her perfect, perfectly. So welcome, Sarah. We're so glad you're here. Welcome, Sarah. Thanks for having me. It was so beautiful to meet you, Sarah, this summer because um, sister and I had never met you and I felt like it was instantaneous, like this bond yes. with you. And we're like having these sessions. I'm like, can we wrap this up so I can just like ask Sarah more questions? Like, I just want to get to know this girl, you know, you're, you're, um, yeah, intriguing in many ways. <laughs> your quiet, your quietness is like really intriguing. It's mysterious. <laughs> yeah, there you go. It's so, uh, there is sort of this sense sometimes of like, uh, like sometimes when I saw Sister Miriam very recently at something where it's like Mary and Elizabeth, like meeting the joy within us. That just like leaps forward because the Jesus in me loves and recognizes the Jesus in you. And as women, I think it's such a gift when we see other women and it's full of joy. And it's just like our spirits are like leaping within us. Oh, that's beautiful. That's awesome. Definitely, Sarah. And we would love, um, we're going to, the scripture passage that we're going to use to guide your episode with us today is Isaiah. And this really, this fits you so perfectly. It's just beautiful. It's Isaiah 61 verse 1 where um, he says, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and to release darkness from darkness for the prisoners. So could you tell us just a little bit about yourself and your journey and, and how you find yourself today and how you got to be there? Uh, so I guess, yeah, a little bit about me. I was uh, raised in a, a faithful Catholic home by great parents and had a family who loved me. And even from like a young age, just really sensed like the love of God for me. Uh, so much so that when I went to kindergarten uh, and the teacher was telling everybody how like God loves everyone, I was like, no, he doesn't. He loves just me. Like, it was like, just like all consuming. Like, I couldn't even fathom in my little mind that he could love anybody else because I just felt that love so in such a powerful way. Mm. Um, but kind of grew up, did the church thing, uh, sometimes went along to get along, I think. Uh, and that la- like lasted me till about my senior year in high school, where I unfortunately lost one of my best friends to suicide mm. and had that like moment where that getting a long faith wasn't enough anymore. Um, it just wasn't going to sustain me in this really difficult time of my life. Uh, and I didn't really feel angry towards God. Like some, some people do, and that's okay. I just really felt numb and felt very separated and away from him. Um, and had a really, um, really powerful prayer time where I said to the Lord, like, okay, this is it. We're like, you got to show up or we're done. Cause I don't want to feel like a hypocrite. I don't want to say, I believe when I actually don't know that I do anymore. I just had this profound encounter with the Lord in a chapel on a mission trip in Honduras. Um, 
where he really showed up in a, a very real way for me. Um, and I'd love to tell you, went off to college and became like a missionary for Jesus, but didn't like very much still had one foot in the world um, and one foot in the kingdom. Um, and then after college, went home to become a counselor, went to go to grad school and also became a youth minister at the same time. And people said like, oh, it's great. Like, it's a good job to have while you're in grad school and, and you can practice on the kids. It's like, <laughs> you know, um, but really realized like my double mindedness, like just really realized like when you see young people, they have like such a barometer for authenticity and true faith. And like, if you're really walking it out and I just knew that I wanted more. Um, so I met some people, they prayed over me, um, to have a deep encounter with the Lord through the power of his Holy spirit. And that changed everything for me. Um, I literally woke up and it was like, the sound of music, you know, like the hills are alive. Like I walked out and after the next day and was just like, the colors are brighter. I can see clearer. Like the world has fallen away and I see God's beauty and creation in a way that I never knew before. Um, but I really like at that moment fell in love with the person of Jesus for the first time, like fell in love, like all consuming. He was the only thing I wanted. Nothing satisfied me of the world anymore because I, through the power of the Holy Spirit and the love that he brings, he introduced me to Jesus in a real way, mm. in a personal way. Um, and I just so fell in love with him, but carried on ministering. That changed everything. That changed the way I introduced young people to Jesus, the way I told the story of who Jesus is for me and for him, the way he longs to, to move and have a relationship with him through the power of the Holy Spirit, with them through the power of the Holy Spirit. Um, went on to finish my counseling degree and then had another moment with the Lord where I was sitting with a young person in, in counseling and there was a crucifix on the wall. And he was telling me about how he, um, you know, was coping a little better than he had the week before. And I was like, that's good, you know. Um, but the Lord spoke really clearly in my heart. And he said to me, like, Sarah, I didn't come and die on the cross so they could cope. I came to have life to the soul. And it woke something up in me that was like, that's what I want for people. Mm -hmm. um, so I began to passionately pursue, like, what does healing look like, Lord? Like, I know you want to heal. I know you want to re restore. So um, got really invested in inner healing and physical healing. And through that, um, began to just do ministry with people um, for the Lord to, like, minister to their hearts. Uh, and then encountered, not long after that, um, a program called Alpha and started using that in my church. And that really um, opened a door for people who were far away from God um, to meet the living God, to be uh, renewed, restored, and loved through the power of His Holy Spirit. And I just fell in love with the Father's heart for the lost. And so I feel like those two parts of my story really led me into what I do now. So I um, serve Alpha Catholic in the U.S. as the associate director, and I'm also the pastoral director for Encounter Ministry School in Brighton. So with mm -hmm. Alpha, I get to like equip and uh, help prepare churches to have the heart of the Father to receive the lost, to share the good news. Um, and with encounter, I get to share like the goodness that God has done in my own heart, like healing me and restoring 
parts of my heart that just needed his love, his touch, and uh, be like a wounded healer for others mm-hmm. by his grace. So that's a little bit about me and what I do. Um, and it's such a privilege and an honor to serve him. Awesome. That is awesome. Um, I think it's so wonderful to hear personal stories, you know, because everybody has a story and sometimes it's not, we, we can't see where God is moving. And so it's beautiful to hear how you've reflected on your own story and where God has moved. And it's inspiring, I think, for people listening to know, hey, I need to maybe go back and think about where God has been through my story because He has been there. And maybe we just need the Holy Spirit to, you know, open our eyes to see where God has been and how He's been active. But there's also the reality where many people are still in the darkness you know, where they haven't encountered God. And uh, during Advent is such a beautiful season to reflect on how we share the good news. And this is hard for so many people. We're like, I don't know how to do this. I don't really know how to share about what God has done in my life or about who He is or who He can be for other people. And so I would just like love to hear a little bit because you're so experienced with this with all your ministry. Like, what do you think some of the stumbling blocks are for people and trying to share their own story about what God has done. Yeah. I mean, I think of a few things uh, that I've experienced myself too. It's not just like other people, right. That I've had to uh, take to the Lord and ask him to speak truth on. Um, you know, I think we are waiting for, some of us are waiting for perfection mm-hmm. and we di- we, we diminish the progress or the process that the Lord has us in and how much beauty there is even in the process that the Lord has um, and how when we share that, that can bring light into uh, some places of darkness, maybe in someone else's life. And the and the beauty of the Father working so lovingly and so gently with you um, in your own process, in your own story, can be such a witness of hope, mm-hmm. of what's possible. So I think sometimes like this idea that we have to be perfect, mm-hmm. perfectly like healed up, perfect family, no issues before we can really share um, sometimes limits what God wants to do in the process, mm-hmm. uh, in the in the in the becoming that we're all kind of in in our stories. I think too. Sometimes we're afraid of rejection. Mm-hmm. Like there's a fear of rejection, yeah. right? That like that they'll be rejecting me. Um, and like sometimes when a person isn't yet ready, or their or their heart's just not open yet to hear completely like the good news of what Jesus wants to do, we can take that rejection for us. Mm -hmm. And um, it's sometimes, I think, a little bit of our own need to just know our identity firmly as sons and daughters, firmly as like beloved, firmly knowing like that's where I get my identity from. That's the voice that speaks truth to my life. That's the voice that says who I am and whose I am. And so that's the only voice that can dictate my value, my worth, my success, my Mm -hmm my areas for growth, not another person. So when we feel like confident in that, I think it becomes less of a fear, right? Um, because they don't hold as much power. Like another another man or woman holds very little power when we feel um, just the delight of our father over us and on us. So like, I don't know, like I think that fear of rejection, I think fear of failing, like not having the right words, not knowing how to say um, I hear oftentimes too, like, I don't know if you guys have ever heard this, but people are like, oh, I don't really have one of those like really great stories, mm-hmm. right? Yep. You know, they look at like, oh, like I didn't have one of those Saul to Paul moments. So I don't really have anything to share. I haven't like gotten out of a wheelchair and walked, 
mm-hmm. you know? So like, what do I have to share? Um, and I think that, uh, the enemy would like to keep us locked into like that little area of like waiting for this, like particular moment when the Lord's like sprinkled moments over our whole lives mm. that maybe we just haven't had the opportunity to see, mm-hmm. um, and how much value there is in that, that part of our story or those parts of our story, even if they're not the ones that get like highlighted from a stage from behind mm-hmm. a microphone, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what do you think some of the stumbling blocks are for people like receiving the good news? Because many of us have listened to Bishop Barron and he's so, I mean, awesome at talking about the state of the church today and how so many people are now just unaffiliated with religion. You know, like there's a huge growing number of people who they call the nuns, the N-O-N-E-S, like they just don't affiliate with any religion at all. Even though they might say, oh, I'm spiritual or whatever, they just like don't affiliate with anything. Mm. And what do you think is going on like where there's a lot of stumbling blocks for people in receiving the good news? Sure. Um, I think some of it is to do with how some of us are like anesthetized. Like we've chosen to like anesthetize us to everything. Mm-hmm. Like here's the thing about when you, you think of like when you get a shot at the the doctor for Novocaine to get some work done on a tooth, Right. Like, it's not just that one tiny little tooth that gets numbed out. It's mm-hmm. like the whole half of your face. And then you're drooling on yourself for the rest of the day. <laughs> you can't you know, like hold it together. Yeah. And in some ways, I think like the world has offered us so many ways to anesthetize ourselves. Mm-hmm. And it just takes over our whole heart and our whole mind. Mm-hmm. And so we're like sleeping almost like mm-hmm. we've numbed out in so many ways And it's hard because their desire was just to try to manage the pain or the suffering or the emptiness, but you can't localize that, you know, in the way that we would like to. And so I just meet a lot of people who are just like really numb, Mm -hmm. that they've just like chosen numbness over lack, restlessness, pain, fear, loneliness. You know what I mean? Like those, those things that we all are trying to fill with other things. And I think the world now today with culture, with social media, we do a really good job of that. Mm-hmm. Like I catch myself doing that, like with social media, like when things become too much, flip open Instagram, start sliding through where I'm not even like actually like paying attention. I'm just trying to pull myself out of whatever difficult thing I'm dealing with in my heart and wanting to numb. Mm-hmm. Right. But then I'm all numb. And the Lord has to say, like, come awake, let's Mm -hmm. do this work together, right? And so I think there's, like, the numbness. I think there's some wounds, honestly, that people have had from the church, like the institutional church or their perception of the institutional church that we just have to be honest about and be willing to walk with them into and not be afraid of. Um, And I think that can be a little bit of a a stumbling block to people, like, receiving, Mm -hmm. um, you know, the good news, the, the gift that... Jesus wants to bring everybody this Christmas. Mm -hmm. Um, So those are just some of the things I guess I think about when I think, when I've met people who are just, when I've tried to share the good news and they're not ready, you know, or they're like, they put a wound out like really clearly saying like, nope, like that's not going to work. Or I don't want to receive that because of this, this or this. Right. Um, I don't know. Yeah. I I think that's so, I guess. And it was so interesting that you say the numbing because actually, um, when I was leading teaching formation this week here in Pensacola, that's what we talked about. What does it mean to live wide awake and not numbed out lives? You know, and but you can't part like you said, you can't partially numb. 
If you numb the bad, you also numb the good and the beautiful and the true. It doesn't, you can't halfway numb, you know? And so what are those things that we want to escape to instead of diving in? But we also feel, I think, like what you said is like, we have to have this beautiful story all wrapped up in this beautiful bow and this gift and say, (laughs) and this is my happily ever after. But really, all of us want to see the process, you know, like we are, you know, we want to see the process. We want to see the beauty in the process and that the process takes practice, you know, to get back up. Like when we fall, we have to get back up and we have to learn. Like we, it's so interesting raising kids and like certain ones are really good at sports, but there's two of them that think that they don't have to work to get really good. Like they think they should be able to be out there and that they should have an NFL contract waiting for them. And I'm like, no, baby, like you got to practice. And so I was saying something, and you know, a really good friend, priest friend of mine is like, but you have to practice in the spiritual life too. You get back up, you get back in there, you learn this virtue. Okay, you fail, you come back to the sacrament, you get back in the mm-hmm. game, mm-hmm. you learn mm-hmm. how to do. And I think that is what you know, the Holy Spirit is inviting us into is the practice and the process. The authenticity of a lived life that's real, you know, when we hear the stories of like, I came to know Jesus and everything was better. Most people can't relate to that because that's not real life. You know, yes, God God comes through and there can be a massive shifts in our heart and he can break through and heal and restore and all of that. But there is still a lot of mess that all of us have to deal with. And I think that's the beauty of an authentic witness is that we're willing to stay little and lead with weakness, you know, to say like, here's where I'm weak. Here's where God is still working. Mm -hmm. Here's where there's still a mess. And God is coming into this stinky stable and he's going to make his presence known there, you know, and he wants to do the same for you. But I think a lot of that has to come with like authenticity and relationship. You know, preaching the good news just with words and without relationship, I think, is something that is uh, detrimental, really, in for other people and for our witness. Like, I have, you know, my brother's an atheist and his wife, and so we, you know, we're a small family, so we're really closely journeying with one another. And those conversations aren't, you know, going to happen in one moment. You know, it's not one moment of like, well, I just got to speak the truth. You know, it's it's relationship. It's listening. It's me listening, like, help me understand your worldview and where you're coming from. And what do you think about this? Just asking a lot of questions and being present and being loving and trying to like model, you know, God's faithfulness and his steadfastness. Um, But I think a lot of times our authenticity is, like you said, if we're afraid, then it stifles our authenticity, which actually is key. Yeah. I just think about a lot of things. I just one of the things I love about you, Sarah, is your authenticity, and it just ex- it exudes from you. And I loved what you said about young people. They have a barometer. They know. They know what's up. And it's it's one thing to speak of the good news of the Lord through um, a theoretical knowledge of who Christ is, but it is quite another another to witness it through your life. And that's that's something that's so captivating about you is that it exudes from you. And I, I was just thinking about this Advent season and like what the Lord is doing in your life in this Advent season and just the power of your, of your femininity to heal. And what would you say, like, as you journey as a woman, this Advent season with Mary and the Holy family, like as a woman, like what is the Lord speaking to you in this particular season of the journey? Where is he bringing light in your darkness as well? If you'd like to share that with our listeners. Yeah, I feel, um, I usually get really pumped about Advent because it's, it's to me, it's such a journey with Mary. 
You know, it's such a sweetness. Like for sure there's going to be work, but it feels less lenty. (laughs) For me, it feels very, but go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we've, we've gotten there. Like, right. Like the Lord's like, okay. So I had this moment where I was reflecting on, um, kind of at the beginning of Advent and beginning of my Advent journey with the Lord and just the idea of like Mary and carrying the Christ child and forming him in this, like in the darkness and the silence and the stillness of the season, which is just like, to me, beautiful in and of itself. Like, just like, what would it have been like to feel the son of God, like within you, in your womanhood, in your femininity that only you could, only you could bring with the Holy spirit. And I just felt like the Lord was then um, just inviting me the same way that Mary said, yes, you know, and she just gave full permission. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I thought about like, what would it have felt like? Like, would I have, what, what, did she really know everything, you know, in that mm-hmm. moment of her? Yes. And like the, just the moment of like the Lord just asking me for my own. Yes. Um, at the beginning of this advent to journey with Mary. And though I can't, um, allow Jesus to be formed in, in my womb, but like in my heart, yeah to allow the Holy spirit to form parts of my heart that, um, you know, maybe still are carrying fear or, um, maybe still need some of like the healing balm of Jesus, um, to be placed on it because, uh, when we say yes, um, he does what he longs to do, which is bring restoration. And sometimes that's, that can feel a little scary. And I think Mary must've had scary moments, you know, walking through like Advent, like journeying, there might've been moments where she too, like as this child became bigger and her belly grew fuller and the promise, you know, maybe was growing within her in a new way. And she sensed that, you know, just the movement, the realness of Jesus. Um, Sometimes I feel like when Jesus, like we feel and sense the movement and the realness of Jesus, we allow to work in our heart. There can be those moments where like, whoa, wait, this is scary. This is a lot. Like maybe I, maybe I take my, you know, I'm not sure. <laughs> um, but if we wait, if we sit, if we allow the stillness to come, um, he always brings healing. He always brings like restoration. Mm-hmm. And, uh, for me, that's been a great grace of this particular advent, but not, you know, always without a little grit, you know, where I had oh, to say, like, <laughs> yeah, Okay. Yes. My, yes. Let it be done to me according unto, yes. Let it be done to me according unto your word, Lord. Like I trust you. Mm. I want to lean not on my understanding. Like I want to trust you with my whole heart. So like, here it is and Mm. do with it what you will, you know, in the same way Mary gave herself and that like I've been on this journey and uh, it's been beautiful. And I just pray that he continues it so that like my heart can be kind of like a new little manger for Jesus mm-hmm. at the end of this last week of Advent. Mm-hmm. Oh, and that, it speaks so profoundly to me. And I think this Advent for me has just been a season of making room. Like I, like we were talking about, Sarah, like there's time for grace and there's time for grit and there's time to blending the both, you know, and um, but that grace always precedes the grit to help us <laughs> have the grit to be able to do that. But really entering in and like making room for him to do the deeper work, making room and um there is a quote that I love, like Kathleen Norris says, liturgical time is essentially poetic time oriented towards process rather than productivity. 
Mm. It says, willing to wait attentively in stillness rather than always pushing to get the job done. You know, Um, so I just love that. Like I was like, all right, because I'm totally I will go more productivity than process all the time. You know, but I'm like, okay, let Lord, Holy Spirit, let me just make room for you and allow you to do the work. And I follow your lead. And it's such a beautiful thing. Just following Mary's um, model in that, you know, just the stillness and all of that. Yeah. Beautiful. Thanks, Sarah. Um, I love the way, Sarah, that you're talking about making these themes and, you know, the story of Christmas real and tangible, because I think we hear the story all the time, you know, story of Christmas and Jesus and the manger and all the things, but it's like, what does this mean? You know, so what? Like, and I don't, I mean that like in a sacred way, like, sure. so what does this mean? Like for us personally, and that's the beauty of this season. The church is like, you know, speaking in so many different ways, like through the lights, through the dark, through the words, through the prayers, through the scriptures, through the story of like how Jesus wants to make his home in us, how he really is real. He is Emmanuel. He wants to come and dwell with us and that he will never leave us, that he has come to rescue us and save us. And so what does that mean for us right now? It's not just a story of long ago and for the world. Yes, it is, but it's for me. You know, it's, it's for you. It's for everybody who's listening right now, who is in a place of darkness, who, whose family, you know, children have fallen away from the church, who is experiencing a deep suffering and and lost a loved one and maybe feels very alone, you know, or is suffering with an illness. Like God wants to come into those places and make himself not just known, but he wants to make himself real and he wants to restore like those places. And that's what I'm hearing in your story is like, you're not just pondering the theme of like, oh, that's sweet. It's like, no, how can this be born Amen. in my yeah. life, yep. you know, in a real way? And so thank you for sharing that because that's really, really important. Really beautiful. And I think something practically just to start, and that, that's one of the reasons I love Sarah is like she walks the walk. Mm-hmm. Like she gets in it. Like you, like you were saying, she knows the barometer and it's that authentic witness. But for us, like even the young adults that we're around and that we do formation with is the first step is self-awareness. Where am I numbing? Mm-hmm. Like, okay, like, all right, just asking ourselves, like, where am I numbing? Where am I checking out? Where am I wanting to escape? Mm-hmm. You know, and there's a difference between um, restoration and uh, leisure and relaxation that restores you. Yeah. Recreation. And then where it's just escape and numbing, like there is a total difference. And I just noticed even this advent, I got off social media and just even the first couple of days, like the brain space. And I'm not one of these ones that think social media is bad or all this kind of stuff. Like for me, it was just, I needed a quiet. Mm -hmm. I knew there was too many distractions. You know, there's so much noise. I needed that stillness, but that is where, like you were saying, the grit comes like, okay, I need to make some parameters. What is distracting me? Where am I numbing? You know, um, and all those kind of things and allow yourself the heart. Where do I need to be restored? Just asking that question, mm-hmm. you know, like, Lord, I want your gospel power to come in. Where is that the places that it needs to come into, mm-hmm. you know, and journeying with him, asking those questions. The thing that I love about the work that you do in your mission, Sarah, is that it doesn't just stay with you. You know, like it is about yes. bringing the good news to other people because the world you know, we have places that are lost in us, but we've got to move beyond us. Like the whole mission of the church is to evangelize, to bring Jesus to all of the peripheries, you know. And, um, 
Yeah. So just like, what are some words of encouragement for people to, to sort of break out of their own thing? Because sometimes we can get lost in our own story. It's like, oh, you know, all the struggles and all the things that we're praying for. But like, what about bringing this good news to the lost? What are some words of encouragement you'd have there? Yeah. Uh, I like to think of, man, the prodigal son gets me mm-hmm. every time. Uh, it, it wrecks me. And like, to, to slow down and actually enter into that scene uh, really, really fully um, changed my heart for the lost and gave me like the father's heart. Mm. Like when you think about what would it be like to be the father and to look out and see like, it gets emotional, like see your children lost in the darkness. Mm-hmm. Like, what would that feel like? And Lord, give me that heart because that is what propels me not to look at myself, but to look out. Mm -hmm. Like the gaze of the father is always like looking out, like come back, come Mm -hmm. home. I'm sending my son. He's chasing after you. Just turn around, just turn around. Like, and that to me is the heart posture that we have to have because it's then no longer just about like, okay, Jesus, like, what are we doing here? But then Jesus, like, I think stands beside us, grabs our hand. And then with the father says, look out, look out onto that prodigal road and go get them. Go get my sons and daughters. Like, I will go with you. I will chase after them. Like, I'm already doing the work in their heart. Like, I'm already tilling the soil of their heart. So don't worry. Like, that's my job, right? Um, And so I think, like, for me, it's like connecting with, Like, what's the heart of the Father for those that are in darkness, for those that are far away, for those that have lost their way? Um, Because His heart will never lead us in a direction that He's, like, not already preparing, you know, that He's not already wanting to go. Like, in some ways, when we ask for the Father's heart for the lost, and then we step out in faith, right, um, to follow Him— it's like we're just agreeing with he, with what he's already doing, with, with what he already wants mm-hmm. to do. And what a gift, because that's co-laboring. That's like mm-hmm. what it is to be a son or a daughter with working with our father, not for our father, working Amen. from him, right? And so like I like to meditate on like the gospel of um, the prodigal, and I like to call it the pro- the story of the good father. That's mm-hmm. I've renamed it. So the church makes may, may, may <laughs> that the later, right? Like, I feel but, good like, about your decision to rename it. Go ahead. Yeah, like, just like Go the story of the good father, right? And like, I like to imagine myself with the prodigal parts of my heart. Like, I may not be the son who's like completely off living the wild ways, but I have parts of my heart that I say, oh yeah, Lord, give me that. I'll take that back. I'll control that part of my inheritance. Um, and so I've got to go back. And he every time welcomes me home. And in that embrace, in, in, in that like space of resting my head on his mm-hmm. chest, mm-hmm. I hear his heartbeat like for the lost. And then he stands me mm-hmm. beside him and says, like, will you go with me? Like, will you go get them? And I think that is more powerful than anything I could say. Like anything I could tell you, any practical tip to you, it's like, no, go into that place. Let his word speak directly to your heart. Let him minister to you, but then let him send you Mm -hmm. on his mission of bringing his children back home. 
That's so beautiful. My husband was telling me, I forget who said this, but it was the story of the prodigal father. Because prodigal means reckless and extravagantly wasteful, which God is with his mercy and his love, you know? Like he's just so extravagant with how he loves us and, and how he will just welcome us in at any point in the best, you know? That's so beautiful, Sarah. Gosh, so good. I feel I like we can just keep talking uh, for another hour. I just hour. want, yeah, because I, I love that But Michelle and Heather both ask you that. It's funny how the Holy Spirit works, because I was going to ask you a very similar question, and I think, you know, as we're about to go into our one thing here for the week, but just to kind of just highlight what you just said about laying your head on the heart of the Father and hearing His heart, because all of us are going to have, you know, Christmas dinner, be around people that, we have people in our family that are like that. We have people that we work with that are like that. And many times they're not ready for a conversation yet even, but it's like, and or many times we just judge them. We put people in our family in a box and we say, well, they're going to be like this and this is how it's going to go again because this is how it happened last year. And what happened last year does not have to happen this year. And that is largely dependent upon our disposition toward God. So like, Lord, please give us your heart as we encounter our family members this Christmas and our, our coworkers and people we see at the grocery store. And that changes everything. So amen, Sarah. Like, I love that. And what a great, what a great thing for myself, even thinking of like pondering that as we journey in this Christmas season, as we move from Advent to Christmas and that disposition of bringing Christ to the world through the birth of our hearts first. And it always has to come first, our own hearts. So we um, have a little one thing at the end of each uh, episode, as you know, Sarah. So we're going to let you think about yours and kind of sit on that for a bit. Um, so before I let Michelle and Heather talk about their two one things, I'm going to start. So actually, <laughs> this is like a running joke. Actually, it's kind of like a two in one thing that I have. But okay, so a few weeks ago. It's got to turn into these are a few of our favorite things I, because we, we is it ever ep- a one thing? <laughs> Didn't we do an episode on that last week? <laughs> whatever, whatever. <laughs> Okay, whatever. <laughs> so a couple of weeks ago, I uh, suggested my one thing was a, a um, Spotify playlist called Peaceful Christmas. And I understand people's listening to Christmas music. Be, okay, but anyway, all things aside, there are two there are two songs on that playlist that have just absolutely been piercing me. So I'm just going to offer those from the playlist. The first song is called Winter Snow by Audrey Assad. And she talks about how the, the love of the father doesn't come as mm. a blizzard or earthquake. It comes as a gentle falling mm. winter snow. And that wrecks me every time I hear mm. it. And the other song is Quiet, by soft, yeah, the song by um, Arthur Alaga that says, A shadow can't have me. Though I walk in the valley of the shadow of the death, the shadow cannot mm. have me. Lord, you're my shepherd even when I don't want you to be. You're always there and just continue to lead me. So those two songs I just want to offer this week is my... Um, my one Great thing from, that, from the podcast playlist, or sorry, from the Spotify playlist. I'll I'll re I'll re uh, up that one for you. So, Michelle Benzinger, what's your one thing? My one thing is over Thanksgiving holiday. I took my little niece to go see her first movie with her mama, but we got to see Frozen two, and so yay! You know, and it is different than Frozen one. It is the songs aren't as catchy, but there are some really good songs. Like um, Into the Unknown is the one I've had on repeat over and over and over again, and actually. I think Frozen like 2 is... How far I'll go. I know, seriously. But the themes were actually beautiful, and um, I just loved it. So it's the song Into the Unknown. It feels very um, poetic to go along with my life right now. So <laughs> <laughs> your, life, your life is a reality TV show. Can we just all join Michelle? It's her world, y'all. We're just living in it. That's really what's happening. You Can know, we just say that? And so, yeah. <laughs> According to sister. You know. oh. Heather, what is your one thing? Oh. My one thing is also a song, sister. It is... Lauren Daigle's version Lauren Daigle. of, called Noel. Ooh. And I just 
love this song around Christmas time. Mm. And her voice, it's, it's just, seriously, it's just, oh man, she could sing so, the phone book and so I'd be like, wow. <laughs> I know she is so good, but that particular song is just beautiful. And the video is beautiful. It's recorded in a church and it's just stunning. I just love it. So check it out. Sarah, what's your one thing? All right, girl, we're ready. Oh man. Uh, so there's a song. It's not totally Christmassy, but kind of the work the Lord's been doing with me in Advent. It's called Whole Heart by Hillsong United. Um, it's such a good, just reminder that like he holds our, our hearts in his hands and like takes me back to that Isaiah 61. Like he binds up the brokenhearted. We're called to do the same. And like what you were talking about, sister, was just so beautiful because I was thinking about like I was then thinking about Christmas and like seeing people and like even sitting in the pews when folks who maybe haven't been at mass in a really long time show up. And if there's a moment of twinge or like, ooh, where something gets stirred up, just let him hold your heart and then ask him for his so that you can keep like loving and sharing the good news. Like it's such a gift. So this song for me has just been um just a kind of an anthem, like a declaration in this journey that I've been walking with Mary and the Holy Spirit um, with the work he's doing in my heart. Awesome. Sarah, it has been a just a pure joy to have you on. And so thank you for joining us and thank you for blessing our listeners. And thank you first and foremost, and above all for saying yes every day because your heart truly changes the world. So we are delighted to have you on our show. So thank you so much. Oh, God bless you, Sarah. Merry Christmas. Oh, Christmas. Okay, here it comes. So dear listeners, we hope you've enjoyed our little Advent series and each guest that we've had on. And we hope that those are these are episodes that you come to again and again and that the Lord will bless you through them. So we wish you a very uh, blessed conclusion to this wonderful Advent season and a wonderful Christmas season to come. So God bless you. And until then, we will be abiding together. Have a wonderful week. Okay, guess what, guys? We have a surprise for you. All oh, three of us. All three of us we're, are going to be at SLS 20 with Focus, and we are going to be recording a live podcast. Oh, yeah, there we are. <laughs> we are so excited. So we'll be what, December 31st at 1230. Come and find us at SLS. You will see Sister. She's pretty easy to um, <laughs> identify. She's got the habit on. And Heather, what are you going to be wearing? Do you know what you're going to be wearing? Heather I don't doesn't know. know what probably she's Canadian plaid shirt. I'm not sure. <laughs> but um, if anybody's wondering, what is SLS? You can check it out online. Focus has a huge conference in Phoenix at the end of this month. And there's probably still some space available. So you can check mm-hmm. it out. But for all of, all of you who are going to be there, we can't wait to meet you in person. We're, we're delighted. Yeah. This is like, it's in color, y'all. Like three dimensions, like abiding together podcast in three dimensions coming to Phoenix, Arizona. Seriously. We're so excited. <laughs> Thanks, Focus, for inviting us. We can't wait. We'll see you in Phoenix. Bye. If our podcast has blessed you, would you please consider financially supporting Abiding Together via Patreon? Patreon is a website where people can make donations to help keep the podcast going. And now that we at Abiding Together have an independent platform, we have a number of costs that go into creating the podcast and the high quality content we offer, such as our website, design, tech support, staff, and other elements. Having an independent platform also allows us to explore and create new content for all of our listeners to enjoy. So thank you so much to all of you who are already donors. When you donate through our page on Patreon, you are able to donate any amount, $1 a month, $5 a month, $500 a month, or just a one-time offering. 
Abiding Together is a registered 501c3 nonprofit organization and donations are tax deductible. So would you please prayerfully consider giving to Abiding Together? If you donate $15 or more per month, you become a tribe member and you will receive a short individual video from Michelle, Heather, and I each month about a variety of topics. You can see all of the information on our Patreon page, which is patreon.com forward slash abiding together podcast. So consider becoming a supporting member today and help us further the work of the Holy Spirit moving in and through this community. Together, we can do amazing things. We are so grateful for your support and may God bless you. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. If you liked it, would you please share it with a friend? Could you also leave us a rating and a review on iTunes? That helps us get the message out to as many people as possible. All the show notes are in your podcast app, but if you'd like them emailed to you, you can go to our website at abidingtogetherpodcast.com and subscribe. On our website, you will also find all of our past episodes and information about various episodes. You can also join our private Facebook group and get in on the discussion and all the beautiful things that are happening there. We are so glad that you are on the journey with us. And until next week, we'll be abiding together. God bless you.